Welcome to CCO Podcast, calling college students to serve Jesus Christ with their entire lives. Welcome. So glad that you guys are all here with me. Um, I'm going to share my screen with you and we will get started. So one more thing here, everyone. If you have a question um, that you think of while Bethany is talking, just uh, direct message me um, and then I can either... Uh, read them at the end, or if some of you have like some of the same questions, then I'll kind of try to put them all together. Uh, but feel free to send me messages as Bethany is talking for questions at the end. Okay. Does the screen look okay? Okay. Okay, great. Well, welcome. I'm Bethany. Um, I'm so glad that you are here with me today. And I am really excited to talk about um, how we join Christ in the work of therapy and social work. Um, so I wanted to kind of start, well, we're going to try to look at four questions. Um, and the first question that we're going to talk about is, how do we walk with Christ in the helping profession? Um, and I think it's really important to recognize that it's really because of a belief in Christ that I think therapy has uh, purpose and hope um, because I think without that framework, oftentimes you're really just trying to make the best out of a bad situation. Uh, but with Christ, change is actually possible um, and healing is a reality. And so I think therapy is really different because of Jesus. Um, and I have some kind of specific ways that I see that, that I've seen that. Um, so kind of we're going to look at each one of these in a little bit more depth. And the first that I have is entering suffering. So coming into the reality of people's lives as Christ entered into our world. Um, Christ enters our suffering, right? He came um, he lived and he died and he suffers with us. And that's, um, I think, one of the really beautiful uh, kind of theological pieces is that we get to enter other suffering as Christ has entered our suffering. Um, the next is we have an opportunity in this field to show compassion and care to those who have been marginalized um, by society and I think Christ really leads us in that. I love uh, the story in John 4 of Jesus meeting the woman at the well. Um, this woman was someone who was very marginalized um, in society, and he treats her with such dignity and kindness. Um, and I think that he is a, he's a wonderful example um, for how to show compassion and care. Um, the next is advocating. So, we in this field get to advocate for individuals who often do not have a voice, just as Christ is our advocate. Um, and I think there are kind of two aspects to, to advocacy. We um, can advocate on a person's behalf, but we also advocate to the individual on their behalf. And what I mean by that is I've heard many times uh, from the people that I've worked with that it's really hard for them to believe that any kind of healing is possible. Um, and so I think part of this work is holding hope that they can experience change. Um, and John 2, 1 
talks about how we have an advocate with the Father, uh, Jesus Christ, the righteous. That's 1 John 2, 1. Um, and I just love that imagery of Christ as our advocate and how uh, in the helping professions, we get to join him in that. The next is bringing counsel and comfort. So following Christ as his role of wonderful counselor, seen in Isaiah 9. Um, and I think part of this is asking hard questions. Um, so I think another good example of how Christ did this is in John 5. Um, he's talking with a man who has leprosy. And he, he says to him, do you want to be healed? And I think that's often um, part of, of our role as um, bringing counsel and comfort is offering healing, but also asking, are you willing to do the work to be healed? Um, the next is um, kind of trusting that the Lord is at work. Um, and I think the only way that I have been sustained in my work is because I know that it's not up to me to bring healing. Um, I join God in his work of healing, but ultimately it's not me who will accomplish that. Um, and I think that has helped me to not make my job uh, my identity or the outcomes of uh, my clients, uh, the base for my self-worth um, in my job. And kind of that reminder that again, it is the Lord who who does the work and we get to join him in that. But it's also, it helps to kind of alleviate some of the weight of feeling responsible for um, the decisions that people make. Um, next, I have believing that Jesus has won. Um, and what I mean by this is uh, bringing hope into situations where evil has really ravaged lives. Um, and we can do this. We can bring hope because we believe that Christ has won the victory over sin and death and evil. Um, I really love the verse from John 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Um, places of trauma are places that evil has power. Um, and part of our role in the helping profession is to bring light into that darkness. I also have um, bringing joy and delight into places where um, there is death and confusion. And Psalm 1611 stands out to me in this. Um, it says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And just kind of that idea that with the Lord, there is fullness, there is joy, there is delight. Um, and often places of trauma are places where we are no longer able to experience goodness um, in that aspect of our life, or we're not able to imagine um, what could be good. And so, again, part of the role and our role in the helping profession is to um, foster that joy and that delight that we are created to experience. And then um, being patient um, as Christ is patient with us. Um, I think we have a lot of great descriptions in scripture of the Lord being patient with us. And this is really important in the helping profession um, because oftentimes 
people do not change as quickly as we want them to change. Um, and so we enter with Christ by, by being patient with him as he is with us. Um, and then the last that I have in this section is community of saints in the church. Um, Hebrews 10 talks about the importance of meeting together. And I think community is, is vital for sustaining this type, this type of work. Um, I've personally experienced deep blessing from my community, um, especially after a hard day, um, able to be receive uh, kind of encouragement from the people in my community that will point me to Christ and remind me that he is with me and he's, he's doing good work. Okay, now we're going to transition a little bit and I'm going to talk about what some of my experience in the field has been and how um, kind of the daily activities I have seen um, the Lord at work in those areas and how I have tried to follow him in those ways. Um, so I did my undergrad at the University of Pittsburgh in social work. Um, and part of that was I did a internship with Children, Youth, and Families, which is the local child protective service agency um, in Allegheny County. And so I was, uh, I interned with them for a year during my senior year, and then I worked for them after I graduated for a year. And when I was working for them, I was um, investigating physical and sexual abuse. Um, I was an intake worker, which meant that I was one of the first people onto the scene, um, talking, interviewing the children involved, the parents, uh, whoever else was involved. Um, so practically my job looked like a lot of interviewing, um, a lot of coordinating care and a ton of paperwork, unfortunately. Um, this was a hard job. I'm really thankful for it, but I, I got to be with families in their, in their most vulnerable. Um, and I think understandably, no one ever wanted to see me, which was, was hard, <laughs> but I understood. No one wants to have Child Protective Services show up at their door. Um, and so it was an opportunity for me to show kindness and compassion um, in, in places that were very stressful. Um, one story that kind of stands out to me, I, I worked with a family um, and there were two young children. Uh, one was an infant and the baby had a broken bone that was pretty in, indicative of abuse. Um, and no one had admitted to this, to causing this injury. And so the children had to be removed and none of the family could see them because we didn't know who had caused this injury. Um, and so it was, it was really hard to, to be a part of that with that family, but I was able to work really closely with them and also with uh, the detectives that were involved in the case. And we were able to get to the point where one of the parents ended up admitting to um, harming the child. And that was hard, but it was also, it was also really rewarding um, to be part of protecting those children and also opening the door um, to healing. Um, and so I think the ways that I saw Christ working in those and that I tried to follow him in that was bringing light into darkness um, and advocating for the voiceless. This job was, was hard. Um, it was very gutting at times. I, I think I probably 
never been as anxious as I was when I was working there. Um, but I am also really thankful for that time because I think the Lord used it to force me to set self boundaries and um, to learn how to take care of myself in uh, very stressful situations. Um, I think also during that time, I needed a savior that could hold suffering and hope. Um, and I needed the reminder that one day um, our tears will be wiped away. And, and I think the Lord was faithful in showing himself to me in that way. After um, my time at CYF, I went back to school. I did my master's at Pitt again um, in social work. And I did part of my internship with a community treatment team. And I ended up um, being hired by them and working there for four years. Um, and I was in that time, I was working on a, tr a team with um, adults with severe mental illness. Um, so predominantly schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder. Um, it was uh, in the field. So I, I was in people's homes. Um, I was helping them grocery shop, taking them to doctor's appointments, coordinating with their family members. Um, it, it was really a privilege for me to do this work. Um, you know, mental health is not sexy. And so a lot of the people in this program are very marginalized um, and, and people don't often want to be with them. So it was, it was really fun to actually get to know a lot of these people and they had some really crazy stories about their lives. Um, and so I think it was, again, it was a, it was a privilege and I, I had a lot of fun in that job. Um, so again, one of the ways that I feel like uh, Christ was leading me in that work was by showing compassion and care to the marginalized, um, being patient and holding on to hope, um, and just believing that God works in ordinary ways, um, and by showing kindness and affirming the dignity and worth of every person, that's working against evil, right? Evil that often dehumanizes and dishonors. Um, another kind of thing that I wanted to share about my time there was I saw a lot of burnout in this field. Uh, the average time of employment was two years. Um, and so there was a lot of turnover. Uh, and it made sense that it was very demanding. There were long hours. It was very fast paced. Um, and oftentimes there was a lot of frustration with the organization and how things were run. Um, but I think one of the ways that I really saw the Lord preserving me in this was through my community. Uh, so, you know, you're just kind of going through your daily, you know, work and you're not often thinking about what it is that you're dealing with. And then I would come home and one of my friends would say, hey, how was your day? And I would share and they're like, wait, you did what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and that was often really helpful for me to kind of process um, and also just to, to experience care from the church um, in, in really hard work situations. After um, four years there, I received my clinical license and I moved into an outpatient therapy um, group. And I have been focusing on um, narrative-based trauma therapy, which is, is a very long-term work of um, helping people to see 
kind of the trauma that they experience in the context of their life story. Um, and so, again, John 4 stands out to me. Uh, Jesus tells the woman her life story, uh, and he points her to healing that is offered in relationship with him. Um, and an example of this that I've seen, I have a client that I've been working with for a while, um, and she initially came in uh, very, very anxious. And after we had kind of worked on some ways of managing her anxiety and she was feeling a lot better, she almost had this deep sadness about not being anxious anymore. Um, and as we kind of processed her story together, we were able to uncover that her anxiety was kind of projected onto her by her mom. And so her role in the family was to kind of take care of her mother and in her anxiety. And so the fact that my client was no longer experiencing anxiety, it was almost like she was losing her mom. Um, and so I think that was a really powerful way of kind of recognizing the impact of our story on the present, right, and what we're dealing with right now. Um, and so I think following Christ in this means like entering their suffering and, and, and helping to tell their stories. And then also, I think, you know, it's, it's really a privilege to hold people's suffering with them and to be present with them in that. Um, just this past week, um, one of my clients was just talking about how lonely and isolated she feels and um, how scary it is for her to think about kind of trusting people and letting people in. And she said to me, you know, I, I just don't know that I can have hope that I can do this, that I can uh, let people in, that I can trust people. And I was able to say to her, you know what, I can hope for you. Um, I can hold hope for you. Uh, and I think we follow Christ by um, entering suffering and believing that he can work, that he can heal. Um, I think in this work, uh, this is hard. It's, it's hard work. It's hard to listen to um, the ways that people have been hurt and harmed. And it requires a very high level of self-awareness and understanding into why I'm responding in certain ways. Um, often on my drive to work, I pray uh, the verse from Psalm 16, you are my Lord, I have no good apart from you. Um, I pray for insight, I pray for wisdom, I pray for words, um, because I know that it's only the Lord's grace that I'm able to, to help anyone, um, and it's only, it's a gift from Him, right, to be able to, to have any kind of wisdom or anything worthwhile. Um, so I think an example of how I have to be very aware of myself. Um, I am the oldest child in my family. And so I had a lot of responsibility and expectation around kind of caring for my siblings. Um, and I think because of that, I have a lot of um, just assumptions that I don't even realize I always, I'm always carrying. And so I have to be very aware of when I'm working with a client who has younger siblings, what I kind of expect their relationship to look like. 
Um, and that's, I think that's just one small example. Like there are so many areas where we don't even realize that we hold assumptions about how things should happen. And um, as, as a therapist, it's really, really important that you can recognize why am I responding? Am I responding because I've been triggered in something in my story? Or am I responding because I'm, I'm feeling something on my client's behalf? Um, and so I think entering um, this work requires that we enter our own stories. Um, and that can be scary, <laughs> right? I think, you know, it's hard to name the areas in our life where we have experienced harm and blessing. Um, but it's also really important in being a therapist. Um, you can only take someone as far as you're willing to go yourself. Um, I work in a secular practice. And so this means that the majority of my clients are not Christians. Um, and I think that Therapy is not an appropriate space for evangelism. Um, however, even though I may not be talking about Christ, uh, the ways that I approach the people that I'm working with is based on the example of Christ, right? And um, I think I see how the Lord brings light into dark places, even uh, for clients who don't have a personal relationship with him. Um, and I think, you know, the goodness that is experienced when a pattern of harm can be revealed and addressed is, is a gift only from the Lord. Um, and so I follow Christ by believing that he is at work and present, even when I'm not speaking directly of him. Um, so an example of this is recently, I was talking with a client and we were exploring, um, kind of this pattern of really low opinion of herself and how she often tries to earn love by doing well in school um, and looking like she has kind of her life together. And so we were able to kind of talk about, well, what, what do you think makes individuals have value? Right. And um, actually I think this fits right into uh, the talk on the fall, right? Like oftentimes we want to have the value, have, you know, the dignity and worth without the Christian theology to back it. And so it's, it's really fun for me to be able to ask questions like that um, and have a space. Um, and I think, I again, I follow Christ into those places knowing that he is at work. Right. And um, even in when I'm working with non-believers, again, I don't think it's appropriate for me to share the gospel with them as their therapist. But I still can believe that he knows them and he loves them and he is at work in their lives. Um, I think another thing is, you know, evil is always present in trauma. Um, I really have appreciated the work of Dan Allender and the Allender Center and he talks about how uh, working towards healing from trauma is, is taking a stand against evil. Um, and this is what I really love about my work. I have a front seat to this. Uh, so recently, I've, I've worked for a while 
with um, an individual who had experienced pretty uh, just devastating sexual abuse as a child. And um, it's been, you know, a long-term work with her. But recently there were some events that kind of triggered her to be reminded of the abuse. And for the first time in her life, she responded with anger. Um, And that really scared her. But I think it was, we were able to process and talk about how this is actually a huge victory for her. Uh, Because before this, when she was triggered, she would usually just be numb and not feel. Um, But for the first time, she was actually able to say, wow, what happened to me was really horrible. Um, And to, to hold anger for those things. And so I think I follow Christ by holding on to the promise that he has defeated sin and evil and death um, and that he has the power over evil, right? And that one day all of our wounds will be healed, right? That there will be tears no more. Um, and that's that's a really beautiful thing to, to be present with individuals as they, they work through that. So we're going to transition next into hope, hopefully helping you to think about, is this, is therapy, social work for me? Um, and so I've come up with some questions that I hope will be helpful for you to consider. Um, the first question is, what brings you joy? Um, do you enjoy listening? Do you enjoy being with people? Do you like to think about why and how people respond? Um, Do you enjoy just listening to stories of people's lives? Uh, Do you have emotional stamina? Is this, is, does this sound fun for you? Um, And then the second question, what are you good at? Can you be with people for long periods of time? Are you able to sit with hard stories and listen without going into fight, flight, or freeze? Do you remember people's stories? Third is, um, how well are you able to acknowledge and process your responses? So are you aware of yourself? Um, Do you know why you respond in the ways that you do? Are you willing to do the work to understand your responses and hold them? And number four, do you know your own story? What triggers you and why? Are you aware of the areas where you need to experience healing? Can you name the ways that your family has both blessed and harmed you? Where is Jesus in your story? Can you take your healing seriously? And this might mean working with a therapist. Um, This might mean meeting with campus minister, uh, talking with friends. Do you have a supportive community that can hold your stories and point you towards Christ? And then the last question I have is, how well do you care for yourself? Um, Do you take care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally? Are you connected to a church who preaches the word and loves people? Then the last um, section I have is kind of if... If this is something you are interested in, um, some practical ways that you can maybe start working towards um, helping yourself to be prepared 
for one day doing therapy or working in the social work field. Um, so this week, I think just maybe taking an account of your overall wellness, um, kind of checking in, where are you doing well? Where are you not doing well? Um, where is Christ asking, do you want to be healed? Uh, are you willing to enter that healing with him? What do you need to do in order to more fully enter your story in healing? Maybe make a list of questions that you feel like you need answers to um, and explore ways that you could pursue the answers to those questions. Definitely check out the Hearts and Minds bookstore. Um, they have a section on therapy and counseling, a lot of great resources there. Um, and then I would say pray. Pray that the Lord would give you insight into your own heart and mind, um, that you would listen to Christ calling you into healing. And then in the next month, um, I think being able to, again, reflect where have I entered my story and where do I need more support to do this? What kind of support do I need in this? Um, a book recommendation that I have is to be told by Dan Allender. I think that's a great kind of entry into processing your own story. Um, and I believe Hearts and Minds has that one. Um, and then I think in terms of like your classes now, take your classes seriously. Um, challenge yourself to learn, not just for the sake of um, the test, but actually to understand. Um, and then in the next year, I think do a check-in, right? check in, where have you grown? Where are you still struggling? Um, where do you need to continue to experience healing? What questions have been answered and what questions have been left unanswered? Uh, what does your community look like? Um, take classes on therapy, um, read books on therapy, um, look for opportunities to volunteer and do internships in the field.